All right, and we're live. So today we've got a great guest. It's Asif Khan from Remax in or Markham Unionville area. So why don't you take a quick second and tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here? All right, I uh, my name is Asif Khan from uh, Remax All Stars in Markham Unionville. Uh, I've uh, had a, a huge change in my business since I started uh, working with the community, and and what that entails is sponsoring different events, uh, basically being a part of the community that supports my business. So it's more of a giving back. And that's what we're here to talk about uh, tonight and give you a few pointers on that. Perfect. So for the listeners, how long have you been in the business then? Uh, this is my eighth year in the business and with Remax All Stars for the entire eight years. Okay. So what were you doing uh, prior to real estate then, if you don't mind? I was with uh, Japan Camera. I was uh, in charge of uh, franchising their corporate stores and sales training. Okay. And so made the transition into real estate from there uh, in order to sell commercial real estate and businesses okay. and just loved the residential aspect of it. So what brought you to real estate from the very beginning then? I think in my we, I used to own restaurants before and I used to franchise them and uh, also do the leasing and everything. And so commercial real estate actually was my uh, the business that I wanted to get into. Right. Uh, so when I first started in real estate... That's uh, what I wanted to do. I started adding residential slowly, and now it's become uh, about 70% of my business. Okay. So how long did it take to transition into that, the, the heavy real estate, or the heavy residential side of things? It took me about eight months uh, to transition from the commercial side to the residential side. And I still do commercial real estate, but uh, it was probably about um, 60 or 70% of my business when I first started. And... Uh, and now it's 70 to 80% of my business now. Okay. So now you and I met, uh, we did a panel at Rebar in Mississauga last year. Um, the topic was community and giving back to your community to grow your business. And that's kind of how we met and that's why you're on the show. So for you, why don't you tell the listeners kind of what you do on a on a day-to-day -day or a weekly basis for the community and, and what that does for your business? I think the main part of giving back to the community is I, I sponsor three hockey teams, three local hockey teams, and I coach two of them. And so okay. I am with, uh, you know, uh, I'm at the arenas, I'm I'm on the bench, I'm on the ice uh, with all the families that uh, we do coach, and I'm very active in the community, not only in the arenas, but, uh, uh, you know, sponsoring different events, uh, giving back to kids. I think most of my focus is based on giving back to the kids, whether it be uh, school or hockey or any any events that we can contribute and make things better through the library or anything like that. Uh, so I think that was, uh, that's my focus and, and that's what got me into the community part of it uh, to give back was just being there for the kids. Okay. So you have your own kids, obviously, and that's the reason why you get involved. So how... How many kids do you have first? <laughs> I have three, uh, 13, 10, and 8. Okay. And all three play hockey, and uh, so that's why I'm, I'm on the, the parent council at the school. Uh, so I'm involved in that. I can communicate different uh, events at the school and also uh, where the schools are going, how the schools rank to clients, uh, as well as to different community members when I'm out on the streets. And it makes a big difference when you're involved in the community that you're working in and, and you, you can actually provide information uh, to the people that are out there. You, you almost become like a, a resource center for them. Right. So I'll, I'll get parents uh, you know, walking up to my door and 
asking me questions about what's happening at the school or what, what's happening uh, with this arena or the new community center. Uh, you just become that community resource for them. So were you in that involved prior to the real estate business or did you kind of get involved as, as your business grew and you got more involved or is that something you've always been involved with? I've always, uh, let's say, I've always been interested in it and I haven't been as involved. I would uh, participate in different meetings and, uh, and whatnot, but to be actively involved on the parent council and to, and to be coaching, I think uh, once my kids started school and once they started playing hockey, that's when I took more of a personal interest in it. And I believe that in anything that you do, whether it be community events or corporate events, if it's something that's close to your heart, you're going to do a much better job, and the people are going to read into that, and they're going to be they're going to notice that you actually care about being there. Yeah. Now that panel that we were a part of, um, it got into a pretty heated debate because um, a lot of people had said that you should be advertising yourself, branding yourself, and just talking about real estate all the time. And you and I and a number of the people there were saying that it's more important to give first and then you're going to get from it and not be promoting your business. It's promoting the giving and, and for the uh, giving for the cause that you care about and then you're going to get business out of it. Yeah, and I, and I think people read into that. I mean, our, the perception of a realtor out in, in the, uh, the public forums and everything is that we're just interested in the money. But once you show them, you're actually not there to advertise your business. You're there because you're making it easier for more kids to play hockey or you know, you're there so that uh, you can make a better library or help buy the school computers. They notice that. And once they know that you care, they're going to be coming to you not only for real estate questions. I mean, I, don't, I haven't dropped a flyer or asked for any business at uh, any hockey game or any team that I coach. I have never asked for business. But I do get business because the parents come to me because they know I'm there. They they get to know me because they're with me two, three times a week. And you build up that trust and that relationship. And that's what gets you the business. Yeah. And it's those connections that you build long term. And I think a lot of people try to go out to networking events or different things and maybe one-off things or once a year and try to give back. To me, if you're going to get anything out of it, it's got to be long term. And if you're going to do something long term, it should be something you're passionate about. Exactly, because if you're doing a one-off, one, you're only meeting these people once a year. They're meeting maybe 50 different realtors throughout the course of the year, and you're just one of the other realtors. So once they know that who you are and, and they can trust you, that's what builds. That's sorry. That's what builds the relationship. I remember I was listening to a podcast last year, and the host was talking. He said. I think it was a conference, and there was like four or five hundred people there. And he had said, "How many of you here are would like to sell something to someone else in the audience?" And everyone put their hand up. They all had products and services they wanted to sell. He said, "How many of you came here to be sold to from someone else?" And not one person put their hand up. And I think that's when a lot of people get involved and they try to push themselves. They become those people that are just there to push and promote. And they, oh, it's. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go too far in like we got into that uh, that day, but it's I, I, it's very important that you, you get involved with something you're passionate about. Yeah, because you're going to be spending your time and, and you're going to be giving back to uh, a cause that is close to your heart. And yeah. I think with anything, even with charities, that's where you have to be. You have to believe in the cause. Yeah. So how much of your time do you spend on these uh, organizations and events and things? 
I would say I spend probably about 40 hours a week um, on on the different events. Uh, I mean, hockey takes up a, a big part of it. Um, you know, coaching the two teams and and also being there. Two of my kids play rep. One plays house league, so I coach a rep team and a house league team. And it's it's a huge time commitment, but it's some it, it, one. It allows me to be with my kids, and yep. two, it allows me uh, just giving back and seeing the improvement in the kids and and building you know, another level of confidence for them or, or, you know, raising their level of confidence. Uh, You know, if one, it feels good, and two, you're making a difference. Uh, And and that's what what it's all about. So for your time you spend, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to to do that and do my business. But if you're doing it right, it should be lead generation in itself. So you, it's kind of not killing two birds with one stone. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people will say 40 hours is too much, but uh, my business, I've set hours for my business. So I work 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday. My clients know that. That's how I schedule my appointments. So it's all about our scheduling. I mean, we don't have to work till 11 p.m. every night. We do that to ourselves. So if you can schedule everything in, uh, I mean, the more time you give yourself, you're going to fill it. Yeah. And you're going to fill it with useless stuff. Yeah. So, it, you know, having a, a compact schedule for work, you're still going to do the exact same amount of business that you're going to do. And when you're out there and you're talking to people and you're educating people, and that's, you know, even when I go out to conferences and things, I want to come out with uh, one thing that I didn't know that I didn't know. Right. And once I get that, then you know I know I've had a great day from that conference. And it's the same with people when they ask you about a certain thing, and you tell them what they don't know about that property or or about the sale that just happened or a community center that's coming up. Um, you know, I, I think I said at the um, when we were on the panel, you become an ambassador for your community, and, and you become the go-to resource. And if you can learn more about your community and be able to communicate that to people you're building your reputation not only as a realtor but as someone that's active in the community, that's going to give you the business. So as far as lead generation, yeah, as long as you're up and about in the community, that is your lead generation. You said you used to do a lot of more traditional-based marketing, but you've leaned off that. So what was it that changed or is it just you started getting business from being involved that stopped you from doing that traditional marketing? It was uh, it was quite an eye opener when my coach uh, asked me to sit down with all the marketing that I had done in in during the year, and write down how many calls or contacts I received from each piece of marketing. And that year I had spent thirty six thousand dollars on marketing, uh, the majority of it print advertising, and we noticed that we had hardly received any calls. And that was when I made a decision to say. Who am I advertising this for? Because the only people that are commenting on it are my parents or you know people that I know. Um, and I think a lot of the print advertising, as realtors, we like to see ourselves in the paper. Things like that. It, it doesn't generate any business, uh, or it doesn't generate enough business. Uh, but when you're out there spending half of that money in the community, you get you get to be known as someone that supports the community and then in turn people will want to support you so it doesn't matter if someone's dropping a flyer at their door every week uh, or every three days because you're active and they know that you're giving back to their community they're gonna be calling you and again it comes back to having that one cause or 
charity that you're working with, if you keep putting that into it and putting into that, you get more out of it. And a lot of people will spend, drop, a, they'll get involved with some organization for one night or one evening or one weekend and then go on to the next. But when you can really work down into that one organization or one cause, you're going to get more. Yeah, and that's how it works with the school as well. Um, you know, being on the parent council, meeting once a month, uh, it doesn't. It gets you in front of a group of people, but once people know that you're contributing to the school uh, through the student council or sorry through the parent council, you're getting an entire school, um, you know, backing you up on what you do. So it could be, uh, you know, uh, renting a jumping castle for the school fair, uh, or it could be, uh, you know, buying pizza one day for for all the students, and you know, just having it there for them. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You just have to show that you want to be a part of the community and you want to give back because, you know, let's face it, the money that I give back, it's money that I get from the community from selling houses. So yep. I'm just giving back a part of what I'm making. So of those 40 hours, you said most of it's pucky. Other than the coaching and being involved, how much of it is is just talking with people and, and making those connections and, and talking about real estate? I don't like to mix real estate with the actual um, you know community involvement. Okay. Uh, conversations do come up, yep. but I, I wouldn't say that um, there's a certain. Uh, I mean, if I'm standing with a, a few families, someone is going to say, "Hey, my neighbor just sold their house and." You know, what do you know about this street? Because I want to move to this street. And what do you know about Stoveville? Because we want to move up to Stoveville. Uh, so you do get those conversations, but that's during the course of being there with them. Right. And it's just knowing your material. Like every morning, I will go through uh, all the new listings and everything so that in the evening when I'm out there and someone asks me a question, oh, yeah, how much is this house on this street? And I'll know it because I've, I have done my homework on it. Um, so then they know that you're pretty active. And they know they they know where to come to you okay. uh, for that. So uh, for the listeners, I want people to know like you are doing a lot of business. You're not just doing five, ten deals a year. So what can you share kind of your numbers so people have an idea? So if they are thinking about getting involved in the community and worried that it's going to affect their business, can you share kind of what? Over I mean, over the last uh, three years, we've averaged about five hundred thousand dollars in gross commission closed, and uh, about between sixty-five and seventy transactions. So yeah, we do uh, you know quite a bit of uh, business, and, and a lot of it is local. We do you know from the families that you associate with, you're going to get referrals. You're going to go outside of your niche area, but uh, you know the depends where the referral comes from, and that's a lot of it is from my contacts, and it's a lot of from the people that I deal with every day. So do you do anything outside of? Uh, those getting involved to stay in contact with the people. Do you send out letters? Do you send out postcards? Do you? Yeah. To so they um, they they uh, they do receive a, a newsletter from us every month. Uh, we'll contact them. I'll, I'll contact about ten to fifteen of my clients every day, okay. and it's uh, you know non-related conversation to real estate, but eventually it, it, I try to keep it to about three to five minutes per call, and it does, you know, there are a couple of real estate questions tossed out, but I won't initiate the real estate part. Um, people will talk to you, because if they know that you're the expert, they're, they're going to give you a call, or they're going to ask you about stuff, uh, but it's just a general, hey, how are you doing conversation, so 
uh, phone calls every day. Uh, a newsletter is monthly. And then, uh, you know, emails once in a while because once you know what they're interested in and you come across uh, uh, an article on, uh, say, uh, they're interested in uh, their kids playing soccer and soccer registration is coming up, then you call them up and say, hey, you know what, soccer registration is coming up and just saw a flyer at the arena. Uh, so they know you're looking out for their interest and it just builds it that way. It's not a canned email that just goes to every people. I mean, the canned emails are the, the newsletters or exact contact, but uh, the personal touches is what's going to get you uh, the trust. Okay. So how much of your business comes from those contacts and that, that kind of stuff then? 87%. See, you know your numbers. So then the other 13%, where is that coming from then? So the other 13% I would attribute to sign calls, uh, you know, various ads, uh, walk-ups. Um, now, just to clarify, a lot of people will say if you're doing 87% from your contact list, you're not meeting any people. But in order to, to put that into perspective, once I meet someone and put them into my contact list, uh, you know, I could have met them once. Now they're part of my contact list. I'm contacting them every day. So, you know, I could have met them door knocking or I could have met them uh, at a hockey event or at a hockey tournament. And so I'm adding them to my contact list. So, you know, by the time you actually do business with the person you've met, it could be a year later or two years later, uh, but the, the actual source is my contact list, although it could have been added to my contact list in different ways. So you're obviously diligent with updating that, keeping that up to date, adding more people to it. How, how often are you adding people to your database then? Every day. Okay. Uh, I'm adding people to my database every day. And there's, uh, you know, even if it's one person, I mean, there'll, be, there'll be days when you don't add anyone. Um, but I think the key in our business is, you know, it is a contact sport. You got to get out there and, and make contacts. So what is the deciding factor for you when you talk to them and how do they actually make it onto your list? Is there, do you have to, qualify them or do they have to talk about real estate or is it just if you know them you get their information and they go into it? Yeah, you get to know them. Uh, you know, uh, here, here's a tip for everyone. What I'll do is once I find out who they are, uh, you know, usually it's, oh, what street do you live on? Because, you know, most of my business is in the Markham and I know all the Markham streets. So I'll say, oh, what street do you live on? They'll tell me and what I'll do is as soon as I get back, uh, I'll enter in my own prospect match. Uh, so I have all the Markham streets all in my prospect match, and every day I'll get an email every night from the MLS system telling me which houses were listed or sold on that street. So I know they live on this street. I can give them a call and say, hey, your neighbor just listed their house. This is the price. Let me know if you want to take a look or if you know anyone that wants to take a look at it. Mm. So that way, they think I'm keeping on top of just them personally, yeah. <laughs> but I'm doing it for all my contacts because I have all their streets loaded in. Yeah. So. And it's systematizing the follow-up. And it, you, people think, oh, it's impersonal, but you have to do that. If you want to do the levels that you're at, you gotta be you got to be systematizing it. You do. You really do. And uh, it just makes things a lot easier. It's, it's, it's much harder to... I mean, we're in a tough business set as it is, and if you don't have systems in place, you're gonna be scrambling at the last minute, and you're gonna you're gonna drop stuff, yeah. and 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 that's why you do you need a system, you need a database management uh, program, or uh, you know, there's a lot of online solutions available, and uh, it's uh, you have to have these in place in order for you to expand your business. Yeah. 
Now, you'd mentioned you have a coach. Is there any specific train of real estate values or beliefs or uh, coach trainers that you use, or is there something you, you kind of go as you, do you figure out as you go along, or is there someone that you follow? I think um, choosing the right coach depends on what level of business you're at. Uh, the first company I was with, uh, uh, Richard Robbins International, I think they provided the base uh, for me in order to, to grow my business uh, to a higher level. After that, I went into the Buffini system because I wanted to uh, work on just my contact management and my uh, follow-up with the current clients. Yeah. And from that, uh, you know, you get to the next level where you want to implement new technology and, and cutting-edge uh, uh, tools into your business in order to grow exponentially. And so now I'm with the Tom Ferry organization, which provides me with, with that, the innovation, uh, you know, new tools, and allows me to grow. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. So do you find they're on board with pushing the community side of things? Because I know a lot of the traditional real estate coaches are just those methods, and they don't really support you to do that type of stuff, or, or they want you to market, do uh, newspaper advertising and marketing. How did you find someone who was, would be get behind you and, and support you with that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm very... very it's what you say anti-traditional. I like to create new things and and uh, just be out there. And I think when I met Tom Ferry, uh, I knew that he was different, yeah. and I knew that his techniques that he was teaching, or or even the tools or the speakers that he was bringing in, uh, I had never seen anything like that with the other coaching companies before. Right. And that puts you over the edge. It gives you it does. It gives you an edge on your competitors, and you know if if you have something that you can offer the client, or if you have you know a, a way to communicate with them better. I mean, a lot of our our communication with our clients and our our friends are is through social media. Yeah. And you know, Facebook, Twitter, we're very active on it. Uh, I have a virtual assistant that does a lot of it, so you know, it appears that all I do is coach hockey and play on Facebook, but, but um, you know, there's, uh, uh, again, it comes down to systems and, and how you're handling the communication, and that uh, allows you to grow. What, what do you say to the naysayers or the people who, who don't believe in that? Like, I know we've got a large office, we've got a lot of agents, and there's a lot of agents who say, oh, you can't be doing community stuff, you can't be getting involved with online stuff, you should be door knocking, cold calling, open houses, do, or do you even care? You know, I, I mean, I get that a lot because I attend probably every conference or convention that's out there and I always get, you know, how do you have time for all these? Uh, my referral business from other agents has really started to grow. So a lot of the, the other 13% that we were talking about uh, is now referral business. And, and these, again, that's making new contacts and you have to be out there. You can't be in your office, you know, cold calling and expect to exponentially grow your business. Yeah, you might grow up by, uh, you know, a deal here, a deal there. But what you want to be doing is uh, adding extra income streams. And that's how you have to kind of look at this to say, yeah, you know what, the traditional way is great. Uh, you can make a living. But if you want to make it a great business, you're going to have to step outside of the box. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it. And there's going to be 
the traditional agents are, are you know they're they're not going to buy into that and you can't force them to buy into it but they're going to come to you later on and, you know the same ones that say why did you why do you do this they come to you later on and say okay well how did you grow your business because they don't understand that the bridge that you took so on the consumer side of it do you get uh, objections from them saying like oh, I don't see it in the paper I don't see you doing this typical type of advertising that kind of stuff or do they just because they know you they know what you do and they know what you're about and you'll get a lot of the um, you'll get a lot of the hey are you gonna put my house in the newspaper and I'll just say no I'm not and they'll say why I said because if I put your house on in the paper it's basically just to advertise that hey I have a new listing um, I'm gonna spend the money on your property, so I'm going to get you a virtual tour. I'm going to have a, you know a text-in system so that people can you know they they can text in and see pictures of your property. I'm going to have your property all over the internet because everyone is now searching on their phones. No one's picking up a newspaper. They're even reading newspapers online. So uh, there's doesn't make any sense for me to waste money by putting your uh, house in the newspaper. And uh, they'll say, okay, well, this other agent said that they'll put my house in the newspaper. So you know, if the newspaper part of it is important to you, then you should use that other agent. Uh, but if getting your house sold for top dollar is important, then you know, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So obviously you're passionate about what you do, and you're you've you've found something that's important to you. But what would you say is a good piece of advice, a golden nugget for anyone who's maybe considering getting into the community and that wants to make this as part of the business or that already is involved and wants to take it further or get more business out of it? It's to find, I, the golden nugget would be make sure whatever you choose to do within your community is something that you love. Um, you know, if I was to coach soccer, I would be terrible at it. You know, I, I would not want to go every week. Um, hockey's my passion. So, you know, if I could... If I could have an office at the arena, that's where my office would be. <laughs> that could so, be the next step. That's right. Yeah. So you know, you have to do something that you're passionate about because you need to care. And uh, it goes back to what I said at the beginning. Once people know that you care, it it's a totally different ballgame. Okay. So if people have something they want to get involved in, how much time would you say would be good for them to start putting into it? If they're just getting their feet wet, is it something they should jump right into or just kind of start dabbling in? Uh, give you a couple of examples. When I, when I started coaching hockey, I started coaching house league hockey. So I was putting in about two or three hours a week. Okay. Uh, and then with school council, it's about an hour and a half uh, every month. So, you know, you, you kind of grow it uh, according to how much time you have. And at that time, I would be working, I would be working seven days, you know, 18-hour days, uh, so you know you kind of fill your time with stuff, but once you once you can create a system that allows you to get out there, then spend some more time. Uh, you know I would volunteer at community fairs and and different events uh, on the weekends just to be in the community. And, and again, it's not to advertise. Yeah, sure we have a, a wrapped car that we take, and so you know our, we're there, but we're not pushing real estate. We're not asking for listings. We're not. Uh, asking people, uh, you know, if they want to go out and see houses that afternoon, which is, I think, that's the main mistake that, or the major mistake that we make when we're out there, or some agents do, uh, is that they think that they need to close a deal at every event, yeah. and it's a long-term thing. 
Okay, perfect. So we really appreciate you being on the show. So for the listeners, if they want to check out what you're doing or get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that then? Best way is uh, you can add me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, at Remax Allstar, or uh, just uh, give me a call, 416-985-5426 is my cell. And uh, if you have any questions or, or need some help getting started in the community, just ask. As long as it's not your community. <laughs> <laughs> No, just kidding. Okay, so we'll put that in the uh, in the notes below. And uh, again, we apologize for this being a choppy episode, but we'll try to make the best of it that we can. Awesome. Thank right. you Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me.